Okay, hello. Welcome to episode 225. Yeah, 225. I was looking at the wrong screen. So I almost said 115. Um, that, that's the score that was part of this game. But yes, it welcome to episode 215, 225 of Sack King's Therapy. Jesus Christ. That's a uh, how many botches? Uh yes, as you can hear the breathing, he's already <laughs> tired of this shit. He, he is fong. Hello. All right, let's try to regroup here. So the Kings defeat the Hornets in Charlotte. Apparently, first time in five time in five years because they said the Hornets had beaten the Kings five times in a row at uh, in Charlotte. So yeah, they break that streak and in pretty pretty decisive. Fa- uh, how would I? How would you describe it? What kind of fashion did they beat the beat the Hornets in? I to be honest, I don't even know the word either. It's it's such a, it's such, I don't, I don't want to say given, but it was, like, it, it was winnable. It's just, you know, the Kings always got to make it tough on us. And, you know, the Hornets, uh, they, they played hard for sure. They played hard, but they're not good. Like, okay, so this is the word that comes into my mind. We saw a reverse Kings game. The, the Hornets, Kangs, the Kings was what happened. Like, that's how I describe this game because they had they were dominating the, the Kings in the first half. And they basically just did it by making shots. They shot 60, what was it? I have the, I have the stat here. They shot 61% from the field and 53% um, from three. And the Kings, I believe, were pretty average for the most part, but that is that was why. And then I'm watching the game and you you can vouch for this. I had said at the end of the first half, this game is comebackable because holy shit, this Hornets team was stu- is a bad, bad team. They do stupid shit. They don't have a crazy amount of talent. And they just, they gave so many openings for the Kings to come, like literally just come back in the first half. But Kings were not able to take advantage until the second half. Yeah, literally, like, even though our turnovers are pretty neck and neck with, uh, 20 for the Hornets, 19 for us. It just felt like the turnovers for the Hornets were like very bad turnovers. And we kind of capitalized that at, for the most part. But uh, yeah, compared to the turnovers from the King side, like we we at least, it at least made it look like a turnover that we can't control while the Hornets just threw the ball away so many times. But, like, the game, the way, like, granted, I missed the game because it fucking starts at four, and I don't get off. I get off I get off pretty early compared to most people, and I couldn't make it back home in time. I missed what happened, like, apparently, like, within the first six minutes, they had not scored a field goal. It was a messy game. Like, guys were making shots, playing shit defense. It was awful. De'Aaron only played nine uh, minutes this game. He he's I think he picked up a knee injury. Hopefully, he's okay. Oops, sorry. Did did you hear that? Accidentally. Hit the, it, hit the it wasn't too loud. Um, but yeah. while he was in the game, oh my god, his defense was terrible. There was a play where he got he was guarding Dennis Smith Jr. and got absolutely crossed, leading to a leading to I think it was a dunk by uh, PJ Washington. I don't remember, but at least a dunk, and Mike Brown had to bench him. And then he comes back in, he he gets screened up and somehow ends up like behind the big man. And then I think Sabonis picks up a foul because of it, but De'Aaron was awful on defense when he was in the game. 
So, and that unfortunately was the entire team. Like their transition defense was pretty bad. The, you know, the timing, the big man, like nothing was in sync, like on defense or offense. And that's how they kind of got, yeah, that's how they ended up going down. I believe, let's see, I have the number, I don't have the number, uh, but they were down, I think 15 going into the halftime. Yeah. I mean, we're still trying to figure it out. And I'm going to say this Hornets team was kind of, their offense was kind of weird in my opinion as well. Like uh, a lot of it uh, can attribute to PJ Washington for sure, but it was such a, I don't know the word I keep on. A shit show. I was like, we'll just call it a shit show. Like it, it was bad. Like, you know, these guys, as I said, like gave the Kings so many opportunities by literally just giving the ball away. Like I've never seen, I've never seen like passes get picked off as much as I don't think I've seen it ever. Like just, it looked like a, like a rec league game where people are just throwing the ball, like cross half court getting intercepted. That's what it looked like for much of the game. And the Kings just couldn't capitalize. They would either like come back, turn it right back over or just miss a shot. They again, couldn't get a rhythm, but things changed in the second half for the first time. I think I've, I can remember the Kings go into halftime make some adjustments, get more focused. And yeah, they, they, um, they've staged a crazy, but not a crazy comeback. They stage a very, they stage a rally, they stage a comeback and yeah, they end up taking a lead going into the fourth quarter. Yeah. Pretty much all led by Davion Mitchell and Kevin Herter and Davion played. <laughs> he played well today. Yeah. Like only missed two shots, nine for 11. Um, hit the dagger jumper and the dagger three um, that basically gave the gave the Kings the cushion to win the game. The, he had, he had, he has been disappointing for me. Like overall, I, I even in this game, like he he was great, but he still had some moments where you see like he's forcing it a little bit too much, not in control of the game. But in this game, his shot was just on, and the Hornets were just way too happy to give him open looks. Yeah, I would say that I wish we saw a little more ball movement, but then again, Sabonis fouled out. <laughs> what I want to say, two minutes left, or quite around a few around there. It's yeah, he fouled out late with it. Just an awful call where Mason Plumlee initiated the contact, where basically he dug his arm, he just like flails his arms under Sabonis and just happens to draw a foul. It was a bullshit call. Mm-hmm. And right after, I mean, Hornets got a five-second violation, which happened again later on in the same quarter, too. So, And that's what I mean by just stupid shit that the Hornets did that just let the Kings off the hook so many times and, again, let them back in the game. Just a random five-second violation, and then, like, they'll just randomly throw the ball out of bounds constantly. This Hornets team is bad. I, I had not realized again, it, it was literally like watching a reverse Kings game because the, you see some, you see the Kings do this sometimes, but it's not even that bad up on the Kings. They don't just like to throw the ball out of bounds, get a five second violation, get picked at half court. Like um, Davion did to Mason Plumlee to, you know, to force, I think the two pointer that, um, that basically iced the game. Yeah. Hey, maybe they went women Yama. <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah maybe but yeah ultimately i've re- like this game was i guess a gutsy performance uh 
like they they didn't lose hope they stayed strong and again made adjustments going into halftime and came out with just more focus more precision and they, they finally put, got themselves back together and you know that's good to see does this turn into something maybe but i like to see them do this against a team that's not dog shit <laughs> Yeah, we'll see on Thursday, and we're going to be playing against, uh, was it Clippers again, or no? I, I think we're playing against uh, Miami, if I remember right. Oh, that's right, check, Miami check, again. Check that for me, but one one guy I really want to talk about during this game, Delavadova got his first minutes, and he, now, there's a lot of stuff, he didn't put a lot on the box, or he did have three assists in eight minutes, now that's surprising. He had a huge three to take the lead, but other than that, like he he played some decent decent enough defense, nothing that I really noticed. But on offense, I I said like he he's a ball mover and he just makes the ball move. If that makes any sense, like he throws like these like ambitious passes that just kind of get the offense flowing and you know initiates the our offense. And just I like the way I describe it is that do you know the um the the uh, perk in 2k called floor general mm, yeah 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 well it, it, for those of you that don't, that don't know floor general is kind of just it, it's basically what point guards are they get everything organized and like i think the technical term is that it adds like uh, offensive efficient it's like plus one for all your all your teammates uh offensive abilities basically that's kind of what double doba did he just you know, organized everyone through some like really cool backdoor passes. And again, just got the offense flowing again, eight or uh, three assists in eight minutes. Yeah. It's pretty nice to see him play. I, to be honest, I thought uh, we would have put in like TD with like, uh, actually we did put in TD for a short bit, but that would over pretty much close out the uh, part of fourth. Yeah, like just a nice, a nice refreshing like sight to see, you know, a, a veteran just come in like he hasn't played at all. This is, these are literally, literally his first minutes. And it's great to see him just, you know, be ready. Like he's not soaking on like he's not like soaking on the on the sidelines. Like, why am I not getting minutes? I deserve minutes. Nope. He got minutes and he made the most of it. Mm -hmm. And he made free, which <laughs> not a pretty one, but it went in. Yeah, Alonzo Ball has shot, and it, it, I, I listen to I used to listen to some Cavs podcast. His shot has gotten weirder and weirder every year, and somehow it's just metamorphosized into Alonzo Ball shot. That's what it really is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, ultimately, I just like it's a it's a good performance, good comeback. Again, a reverse Kings. This is what people probably see when they when their team plays against the Kings. Like you're never out of it against a Kings team, a Kings team that decides the Kings the game, where you know you're down 15, but hey, you fix one or two things, you can easily come back against this team because this team can't play defense, and it's actually pretty interesting to see it on the other side this time around, where again, Hornets just like on offense they're a bit of a mess, on defense they're hit or miss, but like again, I I called it a halftime. This this Hornets team makes a bunch of mistakes, and all the Kings have to do is to make them pay for it. And in the second half, they got together, they got themselves organized, and they made them pay. Mm -hmm. Now, let's just say everyone was healthy. Do you think this would have been a different game? Now that's uh, that. Now I'm not ready for this conversation by any means, 
De'Aaron Fox, again, was not good for the most part when he was in the game, just awful defensively. But this is, but with Davion being able to make shots, it really like, it didn't, let's just say I didn't miss De'Aaron as much because the one of the big things down the stretch was like, we needed a bit more shot creation. But other than that, you have Devlin Dover for the ball movement. You have um, Davion Mitchell for his defense. And then again, his shot making, like, you know, I don't know if we'll get this kind of more of this kind of game from Davion if, uh, if let's just say um, De'Aaron has to sit out a few games. But th- but definitely he he came through for us this game. And again, Delavadova, I loved his minutes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Definitely another person I wish to see this game was LaMelo. <laughs> I kind of want to see what kind of stuff he does against us, which I, knowing our defense from this game, it, I feel like he got slashed pretty easily. Well, one guy he could have helped uh, even more than he helped himself, P.J. Washington. This dude loves playing against the Kings. He scored, I think, 41 uh, during the bubble year against the Kings, and he just did it in a variety of ways. And it just seems like he just carries that momentum into each game. I don't remember how much he scored against us last time, but he basically circled the Kings and just licked his lips, and it's time to eat. And said it's time to eat because that's what he did. He absolutely ate against the Kings. Just anytime like things were looking dire, they the ball would just find him one way or the other, and he would just go go at some like go at whoever's guarding him, and you know find a way to get to the rim until he kind of ran out of gas and started kind of rushing shots towards the end. Mm-hmm. But he was a problem this game. Yeah, I would say kind of the same with Kelly Oubre because even though he scored four for eight, yeah, from well, free, uh, whatever, I didn't really care for him. I mean, it's it's nothing like I would expect from him scoring four frees out eight against us. It's just one of those other kind of players. Because let me see, what's he shooting from three this year? Let me just check real quick. He is shooting shoot 31% from three, yet he makes four out of eight. It's just, just one of those guys that makes threes against the Kings. I don't know how. But like Kelly Oubre was like, he was good this game, but he really disappeared like down the stretch. I don't know what happened, but like Gordon Hayward was a guy that I was definitely more worried about because he was kind of the organizer. He was the point guard for this team, essentially. Like, and you know, he only shot three for 10. Wow. I felt like he would played a lot better, but you know, he's the table setter for this team. And he, you know, like the Kings were did a good job of kind of shutting him out. They shut out PJ Washington and Dennis Smith Jr. I thought he was pretty good this game, but this he has a broken shot. I don't know what happened to it. Yeah, well, I mean, if you don't count the freeze, I guess uh, that he attempted. I mean, he did pretty well. Not gonna lie. Yeah, um, you know, people are saying like he's really good on defense. I mean, yeah, sure. I, I I'll be honest. Like defense is so hard to spot, but like his offense is. He, he's still got some speed left and he's still got some elevation left, but his knees are shot, mm-hmm. unfortunately. And, oh, yeah. But really happy to see him be able to find a role here. Hopefully he, you know, continues to play even when LaMelo and Rogier come back. So, mm-hmm. you know, good for him. James Booklegs, the other guy, he he made two shots this game. Two of them were threes. Do not forget, he made six. He made 14 threes last year. Six of them were against the Kings in one game. We, I, we almost had that flashback um, early in the, like late in the third and early in the fourth. <laughs> oh yeah but other than that yeah like pj washington like he was hot one thing i really liked from rt they put trey lyles on him like once he got hot 
And Trey did a great job being really, really physical. And granted, like, PJ kind of went through him a few times, but, like, that was kind of what started to cool him down, just being physical, just kind of letting guys know, like, you're, you're not going to have this one easy. And Trey Lyles, even later in the game, like, hard fouled uh, hard fouled Rowan Hayward, and, like, to, just as a take foul, not a take foul, but, like, a, a foul to give. And, like, that's the kind of toughness, that toughness that's been kind of missing from the Kings, and it's good to see him be able to actually like, you know, again, provide that something that the Kings really do need. Yeah. I do really do like his hustle. And yeah, I mean, he, I feel like he found a pretty good spot uh, as, you know, coming off the bench. Team high plus 11, like, you know, it, it's, it'll be tougher like him and TD essentially to fight minutes with each other because it feels like if one plays, the other one doesn't. And he was good this game, even though he only made one shot again, good defense, really tough. Like and got some got some really crucial rebounds. Like I, I like I like what he provides, and hopefully we kind of just continue to see more of him and just mm-hmm. ha- him just trying to pr- uh, produce. Uh, next thing I want to talk about Kevin Herter. Kevin Herter shot eight for sixteen, but it felt like he shot like fourteen for sixteen. Like this this dude did not miss from three. Grant, granted, he he shot five for ten, so fifty percent, but like it felt like he couldn't miss. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the Hornets pretty much left them wide open at pretty much most of the fourth quarter, really. And that was kind of why they lost the game, because they literally ran the same play for him like three times in a row and got open all three times down the stretch. So that's the other thing about this is why I, I'm saying the reverse Kings game. The Kings do this shit a lot of the time, like the Desmond Bain game. Why was he open on some sh- on some of those shots? Like, granted, some of the sh- shots he hit were tough, but... Why was he open? And this is how I got flashbacks. Why was he open coming out of the left corner, going to the middle, and then, you know, fading to his right? Why was he open for a three up top? Like, they ran that that play from three times. He scored twice out of it. And it's just, what are you guys doing? (laughs) Eh, Who knows? Maybe Clifford will uh, yell at them, or I don't know. (laughs) Ultimately... Good, really good win out of just, you know, after the team just kind of just left themselves for dead. I don't, again, they're neat. It's good. I want to see them do this against a non Hornets team because again, this team was terrible and they, they just let the Kings uh, get back in it. Now, great job for coming back and all, but they really never should have been that, that far down, like down 15 to this team. This team was bad. Mm-hmm. Well, We'll see on, uh, I, it's on Wednesday, not Thursday. On Wednesday, we're playing against Miami at 4.30 p.m. Yeah, so we'll, we'll, figure, we'll figure that stuff out. But yeah, like, I want to see that. I want to see them not get down as much against, again, a shit team. And just be, be a little, be, come, don't come out flat the way they did. Because you really should not have been down so much to this team. And, you know, like other teams aren't going to let you back in the game the way the Hornets do. So, you know, for Kings fans, they're like really excited about this win. You know, be excited. Like we don't, we as Kings fans don't get that many opportunities like this, but do be, be wary that like, don't, this is not like a game changing thing. They have not like, I, this might be the start of something. Don't get me wrong. Could be. I don't think it is. So stay even keeled Kings fans. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. All right. Before we actually get into the topic at hand, I just got to talk about this. Jazz are up 103, 
85 on the Grizzlies. Now, the shocking thing isn't that the Jazz are up. I mean, Jaws actually played. He has 36 points. But these these teams, like Jazz, Spurs, OKC, stop fucking around. You're going to lose out on Wimbenyama because of this. Stop. Like, right now, Danny Ainge, be on the phone. Take whatever you can from Lowry Marketing, Jordan Clarkson, all those guys. You are going to miss out on Wimbenyama because of this. Uh, okay. All right. What what is the topic at hand? Okay, all right. I didn't really want to talk about this, but I was just thinking since it kind of is the big topic of kind of the weekend, um, let's talk about Kyrie Irving. Now, Kyrie um, posted something about a book that apparently has a lot of anti-Semitism that has like anti-Semitism in it. Uh, apparently, it's also anti-Islam, uh, anti-black, and yeah, those three things not a great combination to have and he was asked about it after they lost against the Indiana Pacers last weekend or a few days ago and basically he got into a big argument with the uh reporter and yeah that's basically been the topic at hand um so what I want to talk about it I just want to I guess make a statement I guess of sorts on it is that I'm I'm sick of this shit with from Kyrie. I'm sick of this shit from KD to a certain degree allowing this shit to happen. These two guys always talk about like how the media portrays them wrong. I don't think they're portraying you wrong. They're just it's they're just interpreting your your actions, you know, as public figures, as you know, as yeah, as public figures, as famous influential figures. And they're just judging you by your actions. And it doesn't help when you provide no context to any of your actions for the most part. And then you just blame the media or like haters for just taking it the wrong way. If we're taking it the wrong way, please explain. But the problem is with Kyrie, he has no explanation. He just said, I just, I, he, I think he literally just said, I searched up, I searched up a word and that book came up. So I decided to post on it. Yeah. Really? <laughs> yes. Uh, I forgot the name. I forgot the specific thing he was searching up, but it was like something related to his name. And that book came up and he thought it was interesting. Now, this is the root of the issue with him. He just more, he more or less just sees something that's cool, that he thinks is cool, and then just posts it without any context. Now, now the root issue of this is, should you take anything Kyrie Irving says seriously as an intellectual? No, he is not an intellectual. So the, the root issue is people do take him seriously, some people. And that's the kind of thing, like him as a public figure with a lot of influence should un, has to understand that when he does, when he just puts like, again, an anti-Semitic book, an anti-Islam book, and an anti-Black book, just, you know, posted onto social media on his uh, Instagram story was where I saw it. You have to either provide context or for the love of God, actually read it. Because I guarantee you that fucker did not read a single page of that book. Or maybe he read the cover and just thought it was cool. Like, this is the kind of problem with him. He pretends like he he's sees something deep. He pretends he's a very deep person. A guy that's very smart. And just has these cr crazy good ideas that's out of the, out of the ordinary. Like, non-conformative, non if you will. And... He thinks just because he's non-conformative, it's not the uh, it's not the mainstream uh, way of thinking. It's not like just it's it's a hipster thing, basically. Think think of it that way. 
just because like he thinks it's he just because most people don't know what it is or don't roll with it he thinks he, he thinks that makes it smart he thinks that makes it cool in reality it just makes it look dumber but the problem is a lot of people take this shit seriously so that's where it's harmful unfortunately oh man with all the Kanye stuff also going around it's it's just I don't know <laughs> like are we gonna let this go for Kyrie because I feel like the internet's not gonna let this go internet won't, won't let it go it's just seeing like what's the next thing like they just won against the Pacers maybe this blows over a little bit but he was uh, he was not made for media availability so I don't know I don't know where this is gonna go but yeah, you mentioned Kanye West. Kanye West is the exact same way. Doesn't really have any good ideas. Just says crazy ass shit. Again, that are out of the norm, out, that are not part of the mainstream uh, opinion and thinks is cool. Yeah, just go, just talk about the Jews and just talk about how Jews are bad. That's not, that doesn't make you smart. You literally just watch probably a Facebook post or like a Twitter post from some idiot and just basically put a giant megaphone next to it, and you think you're a fucking genius. And, and the problem with like Kyrie and Kanye, these they both share this issue. They either don't listen, they don't seek out, they don't actually seek out like information. They don't bother to actually research to try and actually you know enlighten themselves. They just see some shit that's a little out of the ordinary. There we go. That's what I was trying to say. A little out of the ordinary a thought that's just a little bit out there and says, that's cool. That must be right. I not, I am now cool. And they and here's the thing about like Kyrie. I believe, I forgot the exact quote he says, but he basically says something along the lines of, you know, I I lo- I see these things. I, like, I don't, I don't know what they're, I don't, I didn't read them. I think it was literally what he said or something along those lines. Now, of course, I'm kind of, look, a little bit of telephone game here with me, but the idea is that basically he said, look, I don't look too deep into this stuff. I just I just find it. I think it's cool. And I repost it. And the, you know, the anti, the not, I don't, let's not call it anti-vaccine, the refusal to take the vaccine. Did he ever provide a reason other than he just felt like he basically felt like he didn't want to take the vaccine. Did he cite any scientific information? Did he cite any reliable like articles that said the dangers of vaccines and what it does to your body? Or did he just say, I don't, I didn't want to take the vaccine because I want to be the voice of the voiceless? Yeah, <laughs> that sounds more like it. So like the point I'm trying to make is that his process is very flawed because he's not trying to make an argument. He's just he's just seeing your argument saying, you know what, I don't want I don't want to be a sheep. So I'm going to go the other way. But like um, Dilo and Casey put it perfectly. He's a contrarian. If if everyone had not if everyone was anti-vax, he'd be the first person to take the vaccine. That That's basically who he is. Like the process is really flawed with him. And somebody just needs to get into a circle and just like just tell him like. Dude, you, you gotta stop putting this putting this bullshit out there because either you do your research before you post this kind of stuff, or you're gonna cause harm. Like to you know, to Jewish people, like to anti-Semitic mm-hmm. people. There already uh, there's already a report of a rise of anti-Semitic crime uh because of the Kanye stuff. Like this this has real life consequences. And you know, him posting that book, hopefully it doesn't really lead to anything, but because he is a public figure, even though 
like he I, I, I probably guarantee you he probably didn't intend for it to like be anti-semitic or you know anti-islam or anything he just thought it was cool and posted it but again if you post something like that it, it will have consequences that, un, that are unintended yeah not to call anyone out but i'm surprised no one in the nets circle has told him hey this is ain't <laughs> this is this is not right <laughs> Why are you doing this? I imagine maybe someone has stepped up to talk about it. It is a very weird locker room too. Like Ben Simmons is not, I assume isn't going to step up and talk about the anti-Semitic stuff. Maybe like Patty Mills or something like that. But it's a weird locker room. He has a propensity to kind of push people away. Like apparently in, in Cleveland, like during the finals, apparently there were there was a period where he did not talk to any teammates for like weeks. So he, he kind of goes through these weird episodes where he just doesn't listen to people. It, it, it is what it is. Mm. Look, I, 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 let's end with this. I'll, I'll defend Kyrie to end this. From what I've heard for the most part, like I just listened to KOC and uh, KOC and Chris Vernon on the Misbash. And they talk about how people who have met Kyrie, the most wonderful guy ever. Just, you know, he's talking, he actually like has a conversation with you. He's more than willing to take pictures with you. Just an overall chill guy. Not like one of those arrogant pricks that just, you know, d- like looks almost like treats you like you're less than. Like just a great person. And you hear the same stories about KD. Great guy for the most part. Very nice person if you can get him one-on-one. On Bill Simmons, he does sound a little salty, but like he, g- he gives Bill Simmons time. And like, you know, he actually has a conversation with him. But these... But like, and what I'm trying to say is that I guarantee you, Kyrie does not have ill intentions posting this stuff. I just think he's just, I don't want to say lazy, but his little media person, that persona of just kind of this guy that's like a rebel and just, you know, is constantly being misrepresented by the media. Like everyone's trying to trash his name. No, deep down, he is he is a really like he is a good guy. And I just wish like he would stop doing this bullshit to so that like, you know, we can actually see more of like this well-intentioned guy. Like he actually went to um when I think it was the Keystone Pipeline, he actually went to like the Indian tribes and actually protested with them. And like if you think that's that's just like, oh well, he that's just that he he just showed up at protests, like what's the big deal? First of all, it, it was not an easy drive to get out there. And like he went out of his way to help support these tribes to make sure that you know the pipeline doesn't go through native lands. He is a good person, like un- like underneath all this bullshit. And it's it's a shame that that's all we talk about is how he spreads midfor- misinformation and is, is a dick to the media. Yeah. Well, hopefully he opens up his mind sooner or later, but actually open up his third eye for the love of god or honestly open your open the two eyes that you have okay. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So, yeah overall i i just think you know he, he as a public figure needs to know better and he hopefully he lets someone in his circle kind of get through to him about look you, you gotta stop posting these things without doing the prerequisite research because Sure. If you look, if if he really believes in the anti-Semitic stuff, if he believes in that, like the book that he posted is actually good. Sure, at least make an argument for it. 
like sure i still won't listen to you and still wouldn't like wouldn't respect you that much for it but i would respect you more than what you're doing which is you're literally just throwing shit at the wall and kind of just not even caring what sticks you're just throwing shit at the wall uh, well yeah hopefully nothing from this you know comes out way too negative for Kyrie because I to be honest, I don't want to see him out a week yet. <laughs> he still yeah, has a lot of good years left. And again, the 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 stupidest thing about this brilliant basketball player, absolutely oh, brilliant. Oh, now that now the team is an entire mess, and a lot of that is because of him. But like, just one of the most just brilliant shot makers I've ever seen. And you know, KD the same way. Absolutely one of the great, like one of the greatest of all time. Probably maybe just maybe just outside top 10. Brilliant basketball player. Can't we just can't overlook how bad of a leader he is and how he fosters shitty, shitty locker rooms. And you know, there's something that has a lot to do with him. But like these guys are great basketball players. I wish we could just talk about basketball with them, but you guys are losing. And granted, they won tonight against the Indiana Pacers, but we want to talk about basketball, but you guys keep giving us this bullshit to talk about. Just just be normal. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, hopefully sometime we'll see them separate, you know, their own views from basketball, I guess. I wish I could meet Kyrie. I wonder what it would be like. One of the, my, like the guy I really would love to meet, like my one, two, and three, number one, Charles Barkley, like he's a wonderful person. And like, he actually talks to you from what I heard. Like, he's not just one of those guys like, all right, yeah, nice to see you. You want a picture? Bye. No, he actually talks to you, which is really cool. And then Boban is one of the nicest people in the world. And then three, who would I want to meet? Number three. Show, Shaq. <laughs> <laughs> no, maybe maybe I heard Shaq's a bit of a dick sometimes, but I, mm. I don't know. Um, maybe me, uh, maybe Steph would be like is the first one that comes to mind. I don't know if he would actually try and talk to me. Granted, I don't know if the other ones would talk to me, but yeah, th- those are like my top three. Like, just want to want to meet these people, wonderful people. Like, just to give someone you know a normie your time. Like, that's that's some special stuff that shows that. You know he's a good he's a good dude. Like these are stories, but like there's numerous there's a lot of these kinds of stories. So, you know maybe maybe if I ever get a chance to meet Kyrie, maybe he is just as wonderful as the as the legends tell. Mm, just maybe. All right. Okay. Well, let's end it on a more positive note. Um, your your 49ers still like they they own the Rams. <laughs> like I don't I don't know what it is, but like you lose against the bad team. But hey, when the Rams come to town. It's time to lay the smackdown. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I'm gonna say this again. I'm wrong about Christian McCaffrey. Not only can he run, not only can he catch, he can throw. And man, I think he's one of the first players since I think 2005 or something like that to have a what you would call it a rushing touchdown, a receiving touchdown, and a pass touchdown so yeah it was a crazy game like offensively wise it looked pretty nice like it was all Christian McCaffrey I'd say for the most part and you know what Jimmy nothing to complain about this game no picks no like not so terrible plays I mean it it just happened it just felt like a very good overall game and I can't wait until this team is fully healthy 
because it's looking pretty well uh, from here on out. Well, that's good to hear for you guys. Maybe not so much for the rest of the world, but yeah, I mean, g- glad to see you guys be able to like get a win, come back from that deflating loss against the Falcons. I don't remember which one who they. Played. Yeah, there was the Falcons. Yeah, yeah, the Falcons. Uh, so you know the trade. I guess does that does that make you guys Super Bowl contenders? Like, I- I'm guessing this is basically going to be it, right? This is going to be a team. Debo say- Debo didn't play, if I remember right. Yeah, Debo didn't even play. Like I said, if we're all healthy. <laughs> <laughs> this is the kind of contending team I like to see going into the playoffs. But uh, out of our division, I'd say we're we're still the best, in my opinion. So I think some I think people are saying like Seahawks are the best. They have the best record, right? Mm-hmm. Seahawks are good. Like Geno Smith, man, he turned his career around. And uh, what you call it, Pete Carroll really gave him that chance. Uh, since um, what's his name left? Uh, God, but Russell Wilson. Yeah, Russell Wilson. There we go. Hey, so, hey, Russell. Hey, they finally won. They finally won. Maybe it was worth it. The Broncos, I mean. No, oh. <laughs> maybe I, I don't keep up with the Broncos much, but uh, yeah, with uh, K nine being a running back, he looks pretty nice. Uh, you know, as a rookie, uh, you still have Lockett and Metcalf. I mean, overall, the offense seems pretty. Uh, solve for the most part. I don't know how far they can go, to be honest. Uh, Defense-wise, I, I, I don't recall too much uh, how the uh, yeah, Seahawks are doing, so we'll see where that goes, I guess. I mean, they're, what, 4-4 four and four right now, I want to say? I I don't know. I just decided to bring them up for no reason. Look, I, I'm not a football guy, but <laughs> I'm trying to learn, and yeah, good good job on your 49ers for a, a great win. Uh, shout out to Chisel Adonis. He has the best nickname for uh, Christian McCaffrey, right? That's his name? Yeah. Christian, McFa- Christian McCaffrey. CMC. Blue, CMC. Blue Eyes White Privilege. I love that name. That that will be his nickname for me forever. I, I still don't get it, to be honest. <laughs> well, he's white and, you know, it's a reference to Blue Eyes White Dragon. You know, for, for those of you that don't know. Yeah. Philly <laughs> Fong doesn't know. So anyways, okay. Um, one more thing uh, before uh, I'll ask you the magic question. Uh, look, I, I've been kind of keeping up a little bit more with WWE. Um, the Sami Zayn bloodline stuff is amazing. Now, I want to, like, I don't see it happening. My dream scenario is somehow Sami is the one to dethrone Roman because Look, we've got heel Sammy, I think, longer than we've had face Sammy. But face Sammy in NXT was one of the greatest things ever. And, like, he can, he can, literally, he can channel a lot of that, Daniel, what I call Daniel Bryan energy and kind of just be that super baby face that finally dethrones Roman. Now, of course, they're probably going to end up going with a Rock versus um, Roman, which, yeah, that's the biggest draw. But if they're going to go with, like, the story... Like Sami Zayn, I think would be just so amazing, and hell, Jay Uso would be pretty amazing. But like these two, I don't think at least I don't see it right now being those stars. But with the new Triple H regime, they're I think they're gonna make the right choice. Whoever ends up dethroning Roman, but the latest uh, the SmackDown segment that they had, you know, the Usi segment, 
they got to make a t-shirt of that. That was one of the best segments like of all time. Almost made better by the fact that uh, Sami Zayn made, cracked up, uh, basically made Roman and Jey Uso break character. It, 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 they've got they've got something special here, and I hope it leads to an incredible climax. Like whether it's um, before or in WrestleMania season. Mm, I see. As a WWE enthusiast myself, I I, I hope for the best. <laughs> sure <laughs> all right okay uh do you have anything else you want to talk about quickly before we uh end the episode well as always hopefully we come up strong against the miami heat because i still think uh they're a decent team in the east um so yeah we'll see you on wednesday and happy uh halloween to those who celebrated today Oh, so they will be actually be on a second night of a back-to-back. So they're playing the Warriors tomorrow, and then right away they play us the next day. Mm. That's, so that's going to be interesting. And Warriors, well... Warriors, please lose this one. So like they, they come into the next game a little bit more loose, if you will. The Heat, I mean. Yeah, well, we'll see. <laughs> I mean... Warriors are still going to be Warriors. <laughs> By the way, Warriors, how the fuck did you lose to this Hornets team? I know they were hot, but I just watched, I just watched one of the worst basketball teams I've seen in a while. Like, how the fuck did you guys lose to them? You guys had clay, too. Like, that's not even an excuse. What the fuck? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it was overtime, right? Yeah, it was overtime. Why did it ever go to overtime? Come on. <laughs> what the fuck happened? Uh, I don't know. Like, uh, all I could remember from that overtime game was, um, I believe there was a few turnovers and somehow PJ just got open. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I watched the end of that game too. I don't just, I thought it, may, it gave me the impression that this Hornets team was a lot better. But again, I, I it is amateurish some of the some of the turnovers they had. Anyways. Um, yeah, hopefully we hopefully come out strong against the Miami Heat because you know you're on the road. You got to come out strong against the Miami Heat and crush their spirits early because that team is tough as nails and they can rally. So don't fuck around too much. Oh yeah. And last thing uh, before we get out, um, I have watched episode 27 of Naruto, meaning that we are getting back on track for Naruto, and we will hope we will probably record this week and then probably post by, hopefully by next week. So for those of you that have been anxiously waiting, uh, we do have a listener. Um, shout, shout out to him uh, in Vietnam that he, he is looking forward to these episodes. And, you know, hopefully you guys are too. Shout out to you, by the way. Uh, you, you know who you are. I'm not going to say your name, but you know who you are. Yeah, j- just three more episodes, Owen. Just three more and <laughs> we'll record. <laughs> by the way, I'm watching some uh, Keegan Chris Murray uh, highlights. Oh, okay. Is he doing well in Iowa? Yeah. Um, yeah, he well, it's it's a clip, but they're they're up like they're up 30 on a team. So oh. and he's making some plays. He's left-handed. He actually shoots with his left. Oh, okay. So opposite of Keegan then. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. All right. Uh anything else? No, I don't think so. I guess might as well end it off. All right, let's call this an episode. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you guys on the next one. Yep. Happy Halloween, and we'll see you guys later. Happy Halloween.